tonight on Huckabee. Mark Walker and civil rights leader Clarence Henderson, former NFL player Jason Brown, actor Nick Searcy, and country pop band Rockland Road. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Pilgrim. What a great audience we've got here tonight. And there's a good reason to be. We have a terrific show. You're going to love it. They're going to love it. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. So buckle up and get ready. Now, you know, we do get viewer questions and comments every week in our My Two Cents at TBN.TV mailbox. And there is one that eh, keeps popping up a lot lately. And it's this. Should conservatives and Trump voters pull out of the Republican Party and form a third party? I say, absolutely not. No, and I'll tell you why. Why in the world would those in the overwhelming majority be the ones to leave? The never-Trumpers in the GOP are a very small minority, mostly a bunch of D.C. swamp rats who hate Trump because President Trump disrupted the business-as-usual flow of the Beltway. And the loss of prestige, power, and prosperity to those who have gotten rich and powerful by snubbing middle-class working families in favor of globalist, multinational corporate titans is the basis of the intense hatred of all things affiliated with President Trump. But why would those in the majority walk away from the party and its infrastructure to leave it in the hands of a selfish and self-righteous super-minority who just missed the days when they made big money by pretending to be conservative, when in fact they were not, and they're nothing more than political parasites. There you go. So, the notion of creating a third party is nonsense. It's a recipe for disaster. The parties are, like it or not, the track upon which the political train runs. And if you take away the track and there's only one thing, guaranteed derailment. So if the Liz Cheney's, Mitt Romney's, and Lisa Murkowski's, and the so-called Lincoln Project leaders want to split in the party, I'd tell them what my pastor has said about people getting mad and leaving the church. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. That's what he says. Yep. And the principles of the current Republican Party are putting America first, building back our economy by energy independence, standing up to China's bullying, realigning relationships in the Middle East, getting out of endless wars, standing strong for the sanctity of human life and religious liberty, cutting taxes so that working people can keep more of what they worked for, ending big government regulation that strangles small businesses, and securing our borders and insisting on immigration being legal. Those are the principles that are embraced by Republicans and independents and even some Democrats who are sick of being looked down on by elitist snobs. We don't embrace socialism nor a nanny state. 
And if a small but loud group of self-serving Republicans don't want to be part of that party, let them leave and form their own party. And by the way, some are talking about it, but they already have a party they support, the Democrats. We should stay, build upon the movement, and keep electing like-minded conservatives by inviting the disaffected and the political underclass to join with us. The launch of a new or a third party, it just makes no sense for those of us in the majority of an existing party. I mean, if there are 100 people in the restaurant and 99 are not smoking in a no-smoking space, it's really easier to simply tell the one smoker to step outside than to disrupt the dining experience of the 99. This is no time for pro-life, pro-free enterprise, pro-liberty people to leave the party. It's time to recruit more people, organize better, and win future elections and take control of the political process. And to those who want to return us to being that silent majority who shuts up and follows blindly off the cliff, we let them know that we're staying. And we're gonna, in the words of my pastor, remind them, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. My guest tonight are a civil rights pioneer who stood up to segregationist in 1960 at the historic Woolworth lunch counter sit-ins. He says politicians are a dime a dozen. Leaders, however, are priceless. Also, a former congressman, a champion of the American people, and current candidate for U.S. Senate. Both join us now in studio. Would you please welcome Clarence Henderson and Congressman Mark Walker. How glad I am to have you both here. Clarence, I got to tell you, you are to me one of the great heroes of our country. You were just a teenager. You walked in that Woolworth, sat at the lunch counter. Were you afraid they were going to beat the daylights out of you or even kill you for that? Uh, not really, Governor, because uh, God had prepared me in that I grew up in one of the worst neighborhoods in Greensboro. And so I had working knowledge of how everything worked, and I had become sick and tired of seeing how they were treating people at that particular point in time. Were, were your parents nervous? Did they know you were going to do this? No, did they you? didn't. They did not. <laughs> they they found, watched you on TV, huh? They found out when they showed the picture on, on uh, the newspaper. What did they say? Uh, well, they both, both were in favor of it because my father was a conservative, and yeah. believe it or not, a man with a third-grade education was a Republican all his life. That's awesome. You know, a lot of times people just assume that if you're African-American, you're going to be a liberal Democrat. Mm -hmm. You're not. No, How come? I started out as that because people told me that's what I was supposed to do. But when I went to do my research and started looking at the Republican Party and see what they stood for, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, as a matter of fact, when I was talking with my dad and I was espousing about the Democratic Party, he sat there and looked at me and said, son, you don't know your history. But I didn't listen to him because I had graduated from college, and I thought I knew more than he did. So one of the things fascinating about you, you, uh, you went through that experience. You experienced true racism yes. in a way that a lot of people, they hear the word, they have no idea what that means. Mm -hmm. Compare what you experienced sitting at that lunch counter in 1960 versus when people today say everybody's a racist. Well, you know, most people don't know what a racist is. And see, racism 
is man-made, not God-created. Mm. And so I was raised up in a house where that we got along with uh, whites all, all of my life, but I grew up in an era of time known as Jim Crow, so I never went to an integrated school, was bused all my life, sit on the back of the bus. And what I realized was that uh, what I saw at Woolworths, for example, two water fountains, one saying color, one saying white, and when you went upstairs, it had a uh, lunch counter, but we could buy food, but we, couldn't, uh, we had to take it to go. So I had this great opportunity on this particular day, and it changed my life forever. You know, it didn't just change your life, it changed this country yes. in a way that needed to be changed. What happened to you, what happened to many African-American kids across this country is shameful. It is not a part of our past in history that any of us can do anything other than just grimace and say, God forgive us for ever letting that be a part. And Governor, I'm still fighting today. Mm. I'm glad you're still fighting. Now you're fighting with this guy over here, not with, for, I guess I should say. Let me be very careful. Congressman Mark Walker, good to have you here. Thank you, Governor. You and Clarence are big buddies. How'd that happen? Well, when I decided to run for United States Congress, this guy's a legend in North Carolina and should yes. be a lot more Around places. the country. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I sought him out, sought out his counsel. A, a great man of wisdom here and someone who's been a conservative Christian champion and he hasn't been afraid of it or ashamed of it. In fact, to the degree that sometimes the mass media, they've kind of left him on the sidelines, but the picture's always hung in our office since day one of him sitting there. In fact, if you go to the African-American Museum, you'll see his picture hanging there as well. And it should be. Yes. You decided you're leaving Congress in order to do another political endeavor, run for the U.S. Senate in North Carolina. That is correct. Uh, it's an open seat. Our current senator is retiring. I've been told it to be the most expensive, high-profile seat in the country, but that's Probably. okay. We're praying that God goes before <laughs> us. Uh, but, but we want to continue to do what we've been able to do in central North Carolina and take it across statewide. And, Governor, that's to be a conservative champion, but also to be a bridge builder. I don't think that you have to choose one or the other, and that's one of the things that we've been committed to, and we want to continue to do that as a senator. Clarence, uh, even after the difficult times you had as a teenager, you served your country in the U.S. military. Yes. Um, you know, I think that speaks volumes. You had hope and confidence in a country that wasn't always on your side. Right. Where did that come from? Because I, I find that admirable. Uh, it came from my dad uh, because he, I never heard him say anything bad about uh, the white race whatsoever. Mm. And as a matter of fact, right now, this cancel culture yeah. is the exact reverse of Jim Crow. Now they're teaching people that look like me to judge you by the color of your skin and not the content of your character, which is totally wrong. You know, you can say that. If I said it, I'd be called a racist. And it's the you truth. said it, and it is the truth. Yes. And I'm so grateful that you've had the courage to say that because I think a lot of times people look at our culture and they say, okay, there, there's a few racists here. I honestly don't know of anybody who is currently a racist. I grew up with some people, probably would maybe be that. But we've come a long way in this country. We have. And see, when I uh, have supported Donald Trump, people ask me why, because they call him a racist. And I ask them to clearly define what your definition of, of a racist is. And then I asked him tell me one policy that he's put in place that's racist, because if he would have, then I would have called him out. Hmm. Wouldn't have any choice. So we had this great man that did great things for this country, and now he's no longer sitting in that office, which is a shame. Well, it is. We only have about 30 seconds left, so Mark, I'm gonna give you the 30 seconds sure. to tell us. How can a person like you, a conservative Christian Republican, go to Washington and work with people to get things done? 
Well, I, I think it comes with the two commandments that God gave us, one, love the Lord your God, but also to love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. That doesn't mean you don't stand up and push back. Uh, yeah. Some of the leaders that we see who literally try to entrap some of the poverty, some of the, it's, it's about control. But last year, we became the only Republican in the United States House to win the United Negro College Foundation President's Award. You have to be intentional when you show up, build those relationships, and sometimes you may not always be the keynote speaker, but you should show up anyway. I couldn't agree more. Thank you, Mark and Clarence, for joining me tonight. You're what a well. blessing to have you guys here. You can follow Mark Walker on Twitter at Rep Mark Walker. It's on your screen. Hopefully soon to be Senator Mark Walker. Also, Clarence Henderson at G Clarence One. Keith Bilbrey, you're standing over there. We got to get some value out of you. So why don't you tell us all the great things we've got coming up tonight? Thanks, I think. I'd be glad to. Coming up, former NFL player Jason Brown, plus film star Nick Searcy and medalist Max Major. Lots more Huckabee is on the way. Welcome back. Now that is Trey Corley in the Music City Connection performing Chick Corea's hit song, La Fiesta. Chick Corea passed away this week at the age of 79. The jazz keyboard legend won 23 Grammy Awards. He expanded the genre of jazz internationally and influenced each one of our band members. I wanna to say to Trey and the band, thanks for helping us honor the life and the music of Chick Corea. What a great tribute indeed. When Jason Brown was called by God to feed the poor, he quit his job as one of the highest played players in the entire NFL to become a farmer. Now, the fact that he knew nothing about farming was only his first obstacle. His amazing story is in this book right here called Centered, Trading Your Plans for a Life That Matters. Would you please welcome Jason Brown. You know, you're a big fella, Jason. I can kind of see the NFL in you. I certainly Just can. Just a little bit. In fact, <sighs> this afternoon, we were kind of going through the scripts, and I said, when he walks out here, because he's going to do a walkout, I'm going to yes. tackle him. And that's what they told me. And so yeah. I said, look, look, does Huckabee, does he prefer a fist bump, a, a, a hand, <laughs> a, you know, an elbow? And they said, be prepared for a tackle. And I yeah. said, come on now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, I looked at you, and I said, I think I'm just going to say hello. Come have a seat. Make yourself at home. Jason, I'm so thrilled to have you here. I find your story to be one of the most incredible of all. Amen. You're living the dream, man. You're living the dream as an NFL player and one of the highest paid. Yes. And one day you say, I just want to spend more time with my family. But you really mean it. Politicians say that all the time. It means I got caught doing something. I want to go spend time with a family I didn't remember I had. Yes. In your case, a little different. Focus on the family. And so at the height of my career, I was inspired by my older brother, Lunsford Bernard Brown II, that was slain in service, serving our country in Iraq mm. and Afghanistan. And he paid the ultimate sacrifice, all right? And so um, I, was, I, I was so inspired by 
by his sacrifice that I said to myself, what can I do to move towards sacrifice and service? Uh And then my coming to Jesus moment was when I said, Jesus, with all of the gifts, the talents, and the blessings you've given me, what would you have me to do more so than anything else to honor you and and to serve our neighbors, all right, that that you've called us to love? And he said, Jason, I want you to feed my people. Kind of like the instructions that Jesus gave to to Peter. He gave Simon Peter, that's right. Feed my sheep. But you took it literally, and you went out and bought a farm. Yes. Did you grow up on a farm? I mean, did you know farming? Knew nothing about farming. And and so that's why the leap of faith, um, (laughs) it it was so drastic. It's the most epic trust fall in in the world because I said, look, come on now, Jesus. I don't know nothing about farming. How how am I going to be able to do this? And he said, trust in me, Jason. Just walk in faith, and I'll supply your every need. I think it is one of the most incredible stories. I'm sure there were people who said, Jason, you've lost your mind. Oh, yes. Not just that they told me I was crazy. Some people just say I'm downright stupid. But guess what? It's one of those crazy acts of faith. It doesn't make sense, all right? All of the awesome people in the Bible that stepped out on faith, it doesn't make sense. But now that I'm walking in that calling, and of course, hindsight 2020, now that we've grown, harvested, and donated more than a million pounds of food, now that you see my awesome, beautiful family growing up on a farm, guess what? It makes sense now. You've got eight children, a beautiful wife named Tay. I, I guess you need to have that many children when you run a farm because you've got to have some free farm hands, so, right? So in North Carolina, <laughs> there's no labor laws for your own children. There you go. Okay. That is, right. There you go. I get there, that. There, there's a loophole. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. See, you're not crazy. You're a smart guy to That's know that right. much of it. I mean, in your book, you talk about, though, not just farming, but the leap of faith that took you there. But there was some real... Uh, learning curves to just say, yes. I, I kind of think of you as, you know, uh, Oliver Douglas on Green Acres. You just show up at the farm and it's a little tougher than you thought, wasn't it? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, so th- th- this was my first rodeo. OK, guys, uh, I was so wet behind the ears. And so still knowing nothing about farming, I went to the University of YouTube. OK, and, and everyone laughs at me when I say that. But um, I actually learned how to farm by watching videos online, and it came natural for me because when I played football, I watched hours and hours of film every single day. How cool is that? You just sold YouTube to a whole bunch of people who thought, I think I'm gonna become a nuclear physicist watching YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. I'm amazed that you go from absolutely knowing nothing about farming to donating millions of pounds of food. Let's talk about that trajectory. How did you get there? So um, the, the miracle in the story of First Fruits Farm is that many people think that um, all of our success was in a wealthy, retired NFL football player. Let me tell you what, God did it in a way where he stripped me of my wealth. Hmm. He stripped me of all of my worldly resources where I had to depend on him and I had to call out on him. And let me tell you what, I got down on my knees and I prayed to him Uh, fervent prayers for for resources, for for my every need. And let me tell you what, miracle after miracle, he sent the people, he sent the resources, he allowed us to harvest all of that food. And it wasn't in in my own might. He, He allowed us to have the victory, but God receives all the glory. 
It is a phenomenal story. The book is called Centered, Jason Brown's book. It is available now, and you can also book him as a speaker and a volunteer, donate, or learn more about yes. First Fruits Farm. Visit wisdomforlife.org. And be sure to check him out on social media. It's all right there on your screen. I love this guy. I am so excited that we had him here. Now, we've got a lot more show to come. Don't you dare go away. News with a smile on in case you missed it. It's up next and later, Country Music's family band, Rock on Road. You're watching Huckabee. MikeHuckabee.com and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. Welcome back. Have you ever heard the phrase, my ship has sailed? Well, your ship hasn't sailed yet, but it will on October 24th because you still have time to join me on a wonderful experience tracing the steps of the Apostle Paul in the beautiful Mediterranean. Now, if you've dreamed of seeing the stunning part of the world, but maybe you'd like to do it while seeing the places where Christianity spread to the world, come with me. A luxurious ship, world-class Bible teaching and entertainment, and we got the entire ship just for us. To sign up or get more information, go to thegreateststrip.com. Well, from terrible use of headspace to dental advice that I'd advise you not to take, we've got the news that you probably missed on purpose on In Case You Missed It. All right, let's start off this week with our famous Florida file. A Florida man in Port Ritchie, Florida, named Matthew Latham called 911 to say that he needed a ride. So a deputy drove over and offered to call him a cab. The man said he didn't have any money for the cab, and he started walking. Moments later, Matthew Latham called out on his cell phone, and he called 911 again for a ride. The deputy this time arrested him for misusing the 911 line. A body search revealed, Keith, you're going to love this. I can't wait. He was carrying marijuana. That's right. Oh. He was carrying illegal drugs when he called the cops to Ooh. get a ride. Was he a musician? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the story doesn't end there. Listen, His he mug have any money. Okay. Yeah, he probably is. His mugshot went viral because he had the state of Florida tattooed on his forehead. <laughs> Wait. No, he really? did. Tattooed on his forehead. If it is any consolation, no one would ever make the mistake of assuming that you're smart, no matter which state you had tattooed oh. on your forehead. Wow. Obviously, oh. this is a man who lives in a different state, the state of confusion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any forehead tattoo makes that clear, don't yeah. you think? I would think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, that story somehow reminded me uh, of this really interesting marriage advice I got from my Uncle Clint. You Your know what Uncle he said? Cl no, I have yeah. no idea. He said, look... I don't think you do either, oh, but... I do, too. I, I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just get lost. It's the COVID thing, I think. <laughs> now, he said, always look for a woman with a tattoo. Why? Well, then you know this woman is capable of making a decision that she later regrets. <laughs> wow. Kind of hurt my feelings, but... 
Good advice. I think it's great advice. I honestly do. But sometimes, you know, the truth does hurt a little bit. It does. All right, let's move on to our next story. There is a Louisiana woman who ran out of her usual hair product and decided to try a creative substitute. <laughs> Gorilla Glue. I saw this one. Oh. Gorilla Glue in oh. her hair. Hurts to think about. A word to the wise. You can always try doing nothing with your hair, or you can just copy my style. <laughs> that wasn't a punchline, by the way, there. Talk about a bad hair oh, day. There at hair day. Ooh, that was, that was cold. <laughs> Needless to say, she had a really bad hair day. Actually, she had a really bad hair month. In a video that got, get this, over 24 million views, she said she had tried everything from coconut oil to nail polish remover, but her hair hadn't moved in a month. Wow. You know, Ooh. I wonder, maybe that's how Donald Trump keeps his hair from moving <laughs> under helicopter blades. Gorilla glue. All right, finally, this story reveals the awful tooth. C catch that, see what I did there? Tooth? Awful tooth? Yeah. About what government-run health care can be like. Some patients in Great Britain's National Health Service are facing waits of up to two years to see a dentist. And that's not so Great Britain. Mm -mm. Yeah. It's no wonder the British have stiff upper lips yeah. with that kind of problem. <laughs> Here in America, we only have to wait until tooth hurdy. Uh-huh. See what I did there? Tooth hurdy. Tooth hurdy for that's a dentist clever. appointment. Now, The Guardian reports that when some people complain, the NHS suggested they buy dental repair kits and treat themselves. One patient with a broken tooth was told to try smoothing it down with a nail file. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Now there's a two-year wait for nail files in Britain. <laughs> oh, no. And with pubs shut down, they can't even get anesthetic. There you go. You caught that one, right? I okay, did. all right. These days, you've got to be a member of the British royal family just to get a crown. Uh, you know, it, it's funny, really, that, that you should talk about dentistry. I, I hate going to this. I'll just be honest with you. I think we all do. Well, the reason I hate it, uh, it you, you have a musical ear, is, is the sound of that drill. Now, I have been talking <laughs> with some of the sound technicians mm -hmm. here. I think Trey's going to get in on it. I'm going to offer it to you right now okay. on TV. All right, let's hear it. We are going to develop a soundless drill. A soundless, soundless drill. We're going to be multi-billionaires. Probably so. You want in on it? I want in on it. Yes, okay. I do. I'll, we'll I'll, talk after the show. I'll put 50 cents, 75 well, cents, be, something on that. <laughs> wouldn't that be great, though? That Actually, you I'll tell you what I'll do. I, I can't invest a lot, but I'll, I'll give you a post-dated check. How's that? That's, I'll, I'll that to... That'll work. Yeah, you are a politician, aren't you? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, we Yanks may not have government health care, but at least we don't have to yank our own teeth. Oh. So I say, let this be a lesson to you. Government-run health care is so bad. It how found, bad is it? I'll tell you how bad it is. <laughs> it found a way to make British teeth even worse. Ooh. Well, just like a dentist Ooh. in a candy store, we got to get out of here. But always remember, we read the news. So you don't have to. Tonight, international film and television star Nick Searcy. Then, country pop band Rockland Road is on Huckabee. Welcome back. 
Nick Searcy is one of the busiest actors, producers, and directors in movies and television. Now, you know him from Fried Green Tomatoes, Justified, CSI, Gosnell, and many more hits. His latest film is a moving, faith-based story of redemption and forgiveness. It's called The Man from Nowhere. I want you to welcome a man from somewhere. Please welcome Nick Searcy. I thought you were coming in here to rob me. You had the mask on and everything. I said, well, you can't be too careful. You know, you gotta, you got to be careful. That's right. You do have to be careful. <laughs> You're a guy that's not that careful. I cannot believe how many projects. Every time I turn around, you got a new one going on. They just can't quit me, Mike. They can't. They I'm, just, I'm glad they don't. They want to, but they just can't. In, in all these roles, and I mean, you've gone from comedy, you've done heavy drama, you've played villains, you've played nice people. Um, do you have a favorite role in all these dozens and dozens of things you've done? You know, it, they're all my favorite when I'm doing them. You know, it's yeah. like right at the time. I mean, Justified was great and, and a wonderful character based on my father. So that's a favorite. But there'll never be one that replaces Fried Green Tomatoes just because that was the first time I had a really good part, you know, and so that. And what a great movie. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a, it still is a classic. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this, this new film that you've got. Just released, mm -hmm. just out. It's on uh, digital DVD. You can get it on Blu-ray. This film is about, I guess the best way to say it, is a prodigal father rather than a prodigal son. Yeah, I mean, what really attracted me about the script is, uh, you know, as a father, I think that all of us at, uh, at a certain age, we start going, what, what did I do wrong? What, or what could I have done better? And I think the, the really powerful thing in this particular movie is that this is a father who was really wildly successful in his life, a very successful novelist, and he realizes towards the end of his life, as he's facing the end, that he put a lot more of his energy into that than he, sh than he should have, that, that he neglected his family. We have a clip from The Man From Nowhere. I want us to watch it, and it'll whet your appetite for the film. What do you think so far? Well, it looks like you dedicated it to a Sergeant Frank Rogers. Rogers was the man who introduced me to Jesus. Where was that Jesus when I was growing up, Herb? Rogers planted the seeds. That's, uh, he made the introduction to the Lord, and I'm not proud that it took 40 years to take root. The least you could have done was dedicate a book to me. That book's not dedicated to you. It's written for you. What? I mean, you know I'm not good at opening up. It's not how men were back in my day. So I wrote a story to try to show you the lengths that a man would go to to find a son that he lost. Mm. Just seeing the clip makes me want to see that film. I want to give a shout out to that makeup artist. So I don't know how they made me look so old and sick. <laughs> <laughs> really amazing. It is amazing, you know, because you you look like I mean everybody knows you're only uh, 34 years old. So. I know I had to wear a lot of makeup. For yeah, that. <laughs> but the film clearly has a message to fathers and to sons mm -hmm. that we don't hear a lot in the movie business. A lot. I mean, it's a very emotional film, isn't it? It is, and it really is, I think it's quite universal. I mean, it's sort of that idea of like, when you come to the end, and we all get there sooner or later, you know, when you come to the end, are you gonna come to the end with, the, with a lot of regret, you know? And, and I think 
He's trying to protect his son from feeling the things that he's feeling now, that he should have done things much differently, and he, he wants to give his son that gift before he gets as old as me, or as old as they made me look. You know, one of the concerns I think a lot of us have watching people in the film industry, you've been able to continue to be active and busy, but you're unapologetically a Christian and conservative. Mm -hmm. You haven't been completely canceled, but I mean, this week, one of Disney's big stars got totally thrown out mm -hmm. because she said something that was conservative. Mm -hmm. Is there any end to this in the entertainment business? I think there is because what happened to Gina Carano, like the next day, the people at the Daily Wire said, we're going to hire her and we're going to let her produce and direct her own film. Hmm. And I think that's more and more what's going to happen with Hollywood. I think that we, people like me, that work in the Hollywood industry have to stop being afraid to be who we are. Yeah. Because I think what's going to happen is that Hollywood's going to split. Well, I, think, I think Hollywood's going to split, and there are going to be alternative ways of distributing, uh, distributing movies, of making films, and I think that's the way to go. Don't, don't worry about trying to impress the Hollywood left. They're going to do what they're going to do. Let's do what we do. And the most important thing, quite frankly, is that people who are tired of watching Hollywood's left front uh, make movies that insult us and throw everybody out of the industry is to make sure that you do support movies like The Man From Nowhere. So I hope that you will know that The Man From Nowhere, it is available now. You can visit manfromnowheremovie.com to see the film and to learn a lot more about it. And I think after that clip, you're gonna want to. You can also keep up with Nick Searcy online at nickcersey.com and on social media. Keith Bilbrey is going to tell us some of the mind-boggling things that we have coming up, and I'm serious about the mind-boggling. Well, coming up, Las Vegas medalist Max Major and country music's Rockland Road. You're watching Huckabee. viral cooking star Brenda Gant and country music's Winona Judd. Well, do you know how hard it is to impress Simon Cowell? Well, he called my next guest the most astonishing person he'd ever seen in his entire life. He is a world-renowned mentalist whose virtual show called Remote Control has been sold out for 12 straight weeks. I want you to welcome the certifiably astonishing Max Major. Max, welcome. Hey, thank you, thank you. You know, I've been pumped about having you here. I've watched that video with you and Simon Cowell. Yeah. You blew him totally away. I blew him right off the show. Totally That did. was the last episode. <laughs> Well, that's, that's pretty well what you did. You? <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing is you predicted it would happen, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, I would, I would love to try a chance to connect with you and yeah, get inside your mind a little bit. Yeah. Well, there's not much up there, but you feel free to go ahead and take a tour. Okay, okay. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I brought some uh, ESP cards with me. These oh, are okay. some classic symbols. Yeah, I watch ESP a lot of times for football Oh, that's ESPN. Games. That's oh, a little okay. different. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Uh, these are very classic. They were invented in the 1930s as a way of mm. testing psychic abilities. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, they're the circle, the cross, the wavy lines, the square, and the star. I okay. have a set of these for you. All right. A set for me. Maybe you could set your papers aside. Yeah, let me put those over there. And which one would you like to use, the red or the black? It's I'll use the red. You'll use the red. Yep. Okay, take the red towards you. Okay. And I want you to mix them up so that no one but you knows the order of your cards. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and then hold them shot. towards you, kind of okay. so you can see all like the faces. Okay. What okay. I want you to do is to focus on one of those shapes. So to focus on one in your mind. Okay. And look at me and imagine sending it right here to me. Okay. Good. I'm going to go with this one right here. I want you to take the card that you're thinking of and mm -hmm. place it down right here. Face down or face up? Yeah, face down, absolutely. Face down. Face down. Yes. Okay, right there. Not just yet. Okay. okay. Um, we're going to do this a couple of times. All right. Okay. Each time I want you to connect with a new shape. So look at one now. Okay. Good. Look at me. We'll go with yep this one right here. Good. You can place it down again. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with this one. I'm gonna go with this one right here. Place down the one you're thinking of. Okay. Okay. Very good. And we'll try this um, a little differently. You have two cards left now, yeah? I do. Right. Okay. Two cards. I want you to hold them in either hand. Okay. On the count of three, you're gonna turn those two cards towards me. You ready? Okay. One, two, three. Take a look. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. I did. No way. Okay. And the wavy lines. Ah. Uh, pretty cool, right? Yeah. Wow. Pretty weird. Pretty weird. Now, I want you weird. to keep in mind that each step of the way, I always put my card down first before you ever put yours down. Can you pick up your stack? Sure. Okay. I want you to grab the top card. Top card. And lay it face down right there. Yeah. And take the next card. <laughs> I know it's going to happen. It's going to be the star. Of course it is. That is just weird. So it only leaves one other. Go ahead. The cross. The cross. The cross. That's all five. That's all five. Five wow. out of five. Oh, man. <laughs> obviously some kind of connection forming here, but I want to switch roles. Okay. And I want to see if maybe you could pick up on a thought inside someone else's mind. Oh, like Keith? Keith. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. Now, Good look, luck that shouldn't that. be a problem. We're <laughs> going to test your connection. We'll find out. I have a set of ESP symbols for you as well. Okay. I'll drop them on the table here so you can kind of familiarize yourself with the shapes once again. Okay. I want you to scoop them up into a pile. Okay. Turn everything face down. Okay. And mix them around just a little bit. It's up to okay. you. So only you know the order, or maybe you don't even know the order. That's I, do, I have no idea. Good. Square <laughs> them up face down. <laughs> Hold them just like that. Take okay. your other hand, hold it up like this. Okay. Reach down, pick up a chunk of cards, as many or as little as you want. Pick okay. up a chunk. Don't let anybody see. Pick up a chunk. Okay. Straight up. Yep. And hold it to your heart. Hold that chunk to your heart and set the rest of the cards down. I want you to take a peek at that card, know what it is in your mind, and then hold it back to your heart. Okay. Okay. Be honest. Do you have any idea which card he's thinking Absolutely of? Absolutely right no idea. Okay. In a moment, you're going to try to tune into his thoughts. Now, sometimes when I do this, people say they see an image or shape in their mind. Mm -hmm. Other times, people hear a voice in their head. However, it comes to you, okay. I want you to just go with it. Okay? Mm. You've done great so far. To be fair, <laughs> here, let's try it this way. Okay. Um, actually, if you could hold out your hand. Okay. Yeah, just look at your palm right now. I want you to All look right. at your palm. Find a spot where two lines intersect. Mm -hmm. Focus on that spot. And as you notice your eyes change focus, just allow your eyes to close. Let your head drop down just a little bit. Keep everything right there. Okay. Take a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. Just listen to me with your eyes closed, eyes closed. Okay. Keep your eyes closed now. Okay. Keith, I want you to show that shape to everyone here. Let everyone see what the shape is. Nobody say anything out loud. Nobody say anything out loud. Good. Hold it back to your heart. Okay. Governor, you can sit up straight with your eyes closed. 
Eyes take closed. your fingers, place them in your ears. If you have an earpiece in, take it out. Out, okay. Okay, place your fingers in your ears, eyes closed. And I want you to imagine right now that all of you were sending this thought to him. Project it into his mind. Nod your head if you think you have something. You have something? You do. Take your fingers out of your ears. I couldn't hear any. I mean, I was trying to figure out when I was supposed to open my eyes. Oh, you all. couldn't hear me. No, I but could not you hear, hear you. anything in your mind. Look, I'm almost deaf as it is, and you put my fingers in my ears, and I'm like totally out of it. <laughs> this is bad. Well, this, I mean, <laughs> if this works, would be insane. Did yes, you, it would. Did you have an idea in your mind? The star. Oh, my goodness. Let him see. <laughs> the star. That's, that's crazy. That that's is, crazy. That is wild. That was great. Thank you very that, much. Yeah, I'm trying to figure this out. You're thinking about it. You're yeah. going to be thinking about it. Absolutely. Okay. So have you got something else you want to tell us about? Uh, yeah. I, you know, I have a virtual show that I'm doing since all the theaters in my area closed I down know. in Las Vegas. How does a virtual show work? Uh, basically, it's like going to a Zoom meeting. Yeah. You're at your home. You tune in with a webcam. I can see you. You can see me. And we can interact. And so I actually read people's minds through the screen. We've no been sold kidding. out for weeks oh, now. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so from the comfort of your own home, it's an interactive TV show that you watch with a few other families and uh, you actually get to experience this from anywhere in the world, so you don't I mean, have to come to Las Vegas anymore. That is pretty cool. And you can do this by way of, uh, like, the Internet. I wasn't People sure just... I could in the beginning, but I had to adapt, like everybody else, with the way things have changed. And I found that it actually became a really cool way for people to experience this without having to leave the comfort of their own home. So now I bring the show right into your living room. I mean, that is awesome because people want some entertainment. They want to, wow. they'd love to be able to go to the show that you yeah. have in Vegas, but they can't do that with everything closed down. Yeah. But they can line up and be a part of it with you that way. From home. Yeah. What Absolutely. a great idea. Hey, you got another one for us? Uh, do we have time? We can try one more quick thing. Let's Maybe try. I could try with you because I tried yeah. something. I want to read his mind. You want to read his mind. Maybe we could try something a little more complex than some simple shapes. Um, here's what I want you to do. I want okay. you to think about your PIN number. Okay. Your debit card PIN number. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me have your card while you're thinking of this. I'll get it back to you next week. To be fair, does anyone else know your PIN number other than you? Is it something, you, it's not something he doesn't know it, nobody else, this is literally. Well, he sure doesn't know it, and I wouldn't trust Trey with it. Well, All right, there you go. I want you That's to imagine right. you were walking up to the ATM. Okay. You put your card into the machine. Okay. The next thing you do is type in your PIN number, but don't type it in. Just hold okay. your hand up like this as if you were going to type it in and look at me and imagine the numbers one at a time. Good. Um, do you have something I can write with? Yeah. A pen or a marker or Here's anything? A, I got both. Scrap of paper there here. It is. Um, something like, I don't know, if, hopefully you can't see through this. I'm going to show this to the camera, but not to you. Okay? Don't look at the monitors. Tell us all, what is your four-digit PIN number? Do I want to say this? <laughs> yeah, because somebody's going to steal your credit card and... It's over. They'll spend less than your wife, so That's go right. ahead. Five, this one, is... two, three. Whoa. <laughs> You told him. I did not. I did not. You didn't? No. No. Well, now we all know. I, I need to get <laughs> I got to go change my You got to call your bank. Yeah, I think. <laughs> that is crazy. That is nuts. All right, Keith, I want you to read my mind, and I want you to tell the viewers what I think they need to know about Max Major. Well, let's see. That'll be light reading, I do believe. 
To see more amazing videos and to book Max for your corporate or theatrical events or get tickets for his interactive Zoom shows right in your own home, visit maxmajor.net and be sure to follow Max on social media as well. Next, country music's favorite family band, Rockland Road. You're watching Huckabee. Well, Rockland Road is known for their rich, intricately layered six-part harmonies. They are a family band founded by music industry veterans, Paul and Jamie Martin, and their four children, March, Kel, Texas, and Talent. Now, they got a new hit song out titled Caroline, which, by the way, is the name of one of my grandchildren. I like that. So to tell us more about it, would you welcome Rockland Road? Give them a big hand, please. Now, I'm just talking to, to Jamie and March uh, because Paul was voted off the island a little earlier tonight, so... Yeah, that's right. Know your place, Dad. That's right. Pops, stay over there. You don't get to answer any questions. The harmonies, I think, are amazing with you guys. The Martins once told me the reason they thought their harmonies were so unique was because they all learned how to talk by the same mother. Do you think that being in the household, learning to talk and, and the intonations, does that have something to do with the harmonies that you guys have? That's funny you said that. That's actually really a fascinating idea. I've never thought about that before. We've always just said, like, probably because of our DNA, we're all coming from where yeah. we're made from the same, you know, block. It's like, uh, it probably has something to do with it. But the, the idea of, like, listening to her talk and uh -huh. my dad talk and... <laughs> Jamie, you and Paul, both... Paul was uh, with Exile. His dad ran a recording studio. Your dad, Dwayne Allen of the Oak Ridge Boys, yeah. your mom, one of the finest, most uh, renowned background singers in all of Nashville, the Grand Ole Opry. Put it this way, if you guys hadn't been musical, we'd have worried about you. <laughs> we'd have worried about you. And had been questioning things, right? This is a part of a new album. Tell us about that, Jamie. We've been recording a lot of things the kids write, actually, you know, all the time. Uh, we have a couple of recording studios as well. So the next, uh, our next single that, that's going to be out is uh, actually March and Texas Road. So it's really fun to watch them blossom and grow and, and dig right in, you know, just kind of picking up where any of us have left off, they're, they're carrying the torch. You know what else is fun? Having you guys here more than once and, and knowing we're going to ask you back because we love you. <laughs> we love your music. Everybody that watches you is going to order some of it and download it because they're smart we people. Well, that's, <laughs> hey, that would be wonderful. We'd love that. We love you too. This is such well, an honor to be here. Great to have you. Let's make some music tonight. Let's do it. Sounds Let's good. Do it. I hope you get more of Rockland Road's music. And Keith Bilbury is over there. He is going to tell the folks at home exactly how they can do that. For information on Rockland Road Show's music or to book them at your event, go to rocklandroad.com. Now, after the show, go to Huckabee.tv for an exclusive online performance of Feels Like This by Rockland Road. Now, here to perform Caroline with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection with Mike on bass is Rockland Road. Cause nobody would know how it would go 
Try. 